Hello, and welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins, and I'm a channel, energy healer, past life explorer, guide. My links are in the description box, so you can check there for my website, other podcasts, financial support, and contact information. I upload topics to explore on Thursday, and on Mondays I will upload, the following Monday I'll upload a, an applied or a relevant meditation. So please like, comment, subscribe, favorite, share with your friends, share the love. Thanks for your support. Welcome to episode two of my seven-week series about the chakras. For seven Thursdays, I'll be uploading content about each of the major seven chakras. Information like what is it, where it sits, how to tell if it's balanced or imbalanced, and ways to help it and support it. And then the following Monday will be a meditation to explore that chakra of the week. You'll have an opportunity to tune into your own chakra to, to determine its health and well-being. And then we'll take steps to assure that it gets healthier and it can stay healthy. So the word chakra is ancient Sanskrit for wheel. Everyone has them, even animals. There are 108 chakras in and around the human body. That number shows up in a variety of disciplines like math, science, literature, technology. There are 108 beads in a meditation mala. There are, there's also 108 pressure points in martial arts disciplines. But you know, my favorite is that there's 108 stitches in a regulation baseball. Rah, rah, field of dreams. <laughs> Okay, so today I'm focusing on the sacral or the Svadhisthana chakra. It sits in the reproductive or pelvic area of the body. It's the chakra of creativity, but I'm not just talking about the making babies kind of creativity, but your soul or self-expression and your sexuality. On your hands, you can find the corresponding point on the outer edge of your palm at the base of your pinky finger. So I guess that puts that on the outside of the, the knuckles that are at the top of your palm. And alternatively, there's a wide kind of formation in, the, in your palm because there are two kind of fleshy parts, one at the base of your thumb and one on the outside of your palm. There's a V there and then a little bit going up your thumb. So, yeah. Okay, so on your feet, it's on the bottom of your foot towards the outer edge, about an index finger's length below your pinky toe. Oh, huh. I just saw that correlation, pinky toe and pinky finger. Huh, nice. I don't know what it means, but cool. Okay. So if you want to take a, a minute to tune into your chakra's response when you press on those spots, this is a good time. I've been doing my left hand during rehearsals. Let's see if I can do, oh, ah, 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 okay. Right side of my palm, okay. I'm just doing small circles around it. And, phew, okay, cool. Its color is orange, and I like to use the orange of an orange as my reference color. And yours may be a different shade, but as long as it makes you feel happy and it feels good to you. Um, it's element is water, which is the pro which has the property of cohesiveness. See, at the Pacific Science Center, there's an outdoor area with all sorts of exhibits about the properties of water. 
in addition to the uh, people-powered water wheel that I just could never keep up with. But one of the exhibits is about the cohesiveness of water, and you can squirt. No, wait, that implies a small stream. It's it's a noticeable stream, a jet of water. You have control over a jet of water that goes straight up into the air, and you can vary the rhythm and the pattern of the water, and then you can see what parts stick together. And Oh, it's so cool. I, I don't know what it has to do with anything right now, but it's a great story. Okay, <laughs> so moving along. The key phrases for the sacral chakra are, I am creative and I feel. Oh, okay, cool. Now that's the correlation between water and emotion because in Tarot, you know, that's that's a symbol of water. You know, the Ace of Cups is, is about water, which is about emotions. Okay, I was kind of wondering why I told that story. Anyway. Okay, so a healthy, well-balanced sacral chakra shows up as you know and appreciate pleasurable experiences. You take care of yourself and others. You can handle change. You have healthy boundaries, and your emotional intelligence is at play. Now, the Oxford Dictionary defines emotional intelligence as, quote, the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions, and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically." Unquote. A healthy sacral chakra means you're aware of your emotions. You're able to manage them in healthy ways, like, like say you get angry. Well, then being mature and handling that anger is emotional intelligence. You know, not going all hulk and breaking stuff but taking time to express the anger in a healthy manner, whether it's in conversation, self-examination, turning that anger into productive actions or behaviors. Sexuality is also a component of the sacral chakra, which makes sense since it is centered in the reproductive area. So recognizing your sexuality in that broad spectrum of human experience and honoring it leads to a healthier self-image. I am including all aspects of sexuality that honor all the participants in consensual ways. So on to what's an imbalanced chakra. What's an imbalanced sacral chakra? What are those traits? Okay. Because that sacral chakra is a point of self-care, an underactive sacral chakra can show up as lethargy, no spark, or being too dependent on others. How about too many boundaries and not enjoying life's pleasurable experiences? There's also a feeling of isolation. Conversely, a too open sacral chakra can show up as being over-emotional, you know, reacting in a manner that seems way out of proportion to whatever caused it. And boundaries are still an issue. You know, if it's too open, you don't have strong enough boundaries or they're obsessive in nature. There's an addiction to pleasure too. So too much of a good thing is an indicator of an over too open sacral chakra. Now there, besides these, besides these traits, Another way to determine your chakra health is by using a pendulum. 
and that can be anything that hangs from a string or a length of something that allows it to swing. Um, if you're able to lie down and use the pendulum, great. You may need another set of hands. I know my arms aren't long enough. But you can also try and do it setting up. But you set your intention. Okay, first you ask your pendulum what means yes and what means no. For me, the pendulum swings to and to and away from me for yes, and then from side to side to no. Okay, and that just means you you know which is which is which for you. Um, but when you set your intention to have the pendulum show you which direction your chakra is spinning, it could be clockwise or counterclockwise or anti-clockwise. Asking your pendulum to show you what is yes and no, that will give you some insight to how your body responds, but in general, and your, but of course your body may prove otherwise, but in general, clockwise is the preferred rotation for a healthy chakra. And counterclockwise or anticlockwise is an out-of-balance chakra. So, okay, we found out how our chakras are, so how can we balance it? Well, you can support it by using color. Orange, and that's going to be a, an ongoing theme through this, but orange is the sacral chakra color. You can wear a suitable shade that boosts your confidence, gives you joy. I have a lovely orange scarf that I use to tie back my curtains, and I love looking at it. It's beautiful. I'm also wearing a very festive orange shirt. It's very loose and comfortable, and I kind of feel like it's hyping me up a little bit <laughs> with that balancing thing. But it still, it makes me smile. There are also um, affirmations you can use, and here are some to start with. You can always welcome to develop your own that resonate best with you. So, I deserve pleasure in my life. Creativity flows through me. My sexuality is sacred. My pleasure is sacred. I deserve to be loved. I deserve to be treated with respect. My boundaries deserve to be honored. I recognize the goodness all around me. Come up with your own that feel better if you want to. Post them around so that you can see these notes that have these affirmations and that reinforces what you're trying to go for here. So the tone for the sacral chakra is, oh, I got to check. Hold on. Okay. The tone is, the word is VAM, V-A-M, and the tone is VAM. Then in meditation, you can repeat it and take as much time as you need with it. It's pretty cool. Um, next is, I've got to find my script again. There we go. Um, so now we're moving to the yoga or the asanas you can use to balance your sacral chakra. And the first one is from thethings.com. They call it a melasana. A melasana? Melasana or the garland pose. So you stand with your feet a little bit further than shoulder width apart. And you do a deep squat with a straight back. This opens up the pelvic area. 
And then with your hands in prayer position at your heart, you put your knees, no, you put your elbows just above the elbows between your knees. And that will help with the stretch and it helps to help you balance. And then you take 10 deep breaths to settle into the pose. And then next, Michelle Fondin or Fondine from the Chopra Center offers these asanas. First is a seated pelvic circle. So you'll sit cross-legged or in a half lotus. Your hands are on your knees. Then using your torso, you circle in one direction. And do that about five or six times. And then you'll circle in the other direction. Um, and yeah, uh, I think the circles would be on the horizontal plane because you're trying to engage that sacral chakra. My belly dancer self went in a vertical plane and I thought, nah, that's not working. So it's got to be horizontal circles. Next up is the butterfly pose, which is also called the Bada Konasana. And you sit with your feet. You sit not in, a ta in the half lotus, but your, the soles of your feet are together. Your knees are opening gently. Don't pull a muscle for this but like a butterfly. And then you'll pull your heels into your groin as close as you can comfortably. Now the bonus move to this is to lengthen your torso and fold over forward. Again, do what feels safe and good for you. And then finally, for now, is the cobra pose or the bhujangasana cobra pose and this is the one where you lie down on your on the floor belly down your feet are out flat your hands are under your shoulders and then you slowly while you breathe breathing of course lift your head your chest and your abdomen and that and keeping your belly button on the floor then your pelvic area presses down on the floor and you let yourself down gently and then you pull yourself back up now the mudra, or the hand yoga, is your hands are in your lap, your palms are facing up, and your right hand sits in your left hand, so it's, your left hand is cradling the right hand, and your thumbs gently touch or meet at the center. Then you breathe in your intention, and you breathe out to release the imbalance of all of the, in, in all of these poses. Next up is essential oils. Those are always helpful. You can choose to use them, and if you do, please use them in a carrier oil. And oh, for crying out loud, don't drink them. Do not ingest essential oils. Really, don't put them on your skin. That's why I just said use a carrier oil, because some of them can harm you, can burn your skin. I don't, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> pet peeve, done. So, the essential oils you can use are jasmine, Rose, elanglang, sandalwood, cardamom, patchouli, and coriander. Most of those are easily accessible, and of course, as I've said before, patchouli smells like steak sauce on me. It makes me sad, but okay. Um, jasmine is very floral, so is rose. Um, oh, so true essential oil of rose can be steam distilled or extracted using a solvent. The steam distilled version is called Attar of Rose and is really expensive. Rose Absolute is what you call uh, the solvent extracted essential oil, 
I don't think it's as expensive, but to put it in perspective, here's the fun fact. It takes 22 pounds or about five dozen roses to get one drop, just one drop of rose oil. That's why it's so expensive. Now, if you find a reasonably priced essential oil claiming to be rose, and it's not hundreds of dollars, then I would bet that it's been diluted in some other kind of oil. If you are of a mind to use rose oil but are not of a pocketbook, you know, you can consider using a fragrance oil. And those are man-made, they're synthetic. Some people prefer the higher energy or quality of a true essential oil. And I have found that fragrance oils do not have quite the same scent for me. But it's your choice. I mean, fragrance oils can vary. One rose fragrance oil can smell differently than another rose fragrance oil. And then sometimes you can smell a, a, a synthetic-y part to it. Again, whatever you're comfortable with, it's your call. Huh. Now that I think on it, rose water is easy to make. And it's readily available at Mediterranean markets wonder if that works. Hey, if anybody decides to try it, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it and see how it, what impact it had on your sacral chakra balancing. Thanks. Okay. Uh, sandalwood, the blends are more cost-effective. Cost Single-source sandalwood is really pricey. Again, your choice. These other EOs are pretty reasonable, and I do encourage you to listen to your inner wisdom to determine which oil works best for you. Talk to your friendly neighborhood essential oil person or herbalist. They can give you good feedback and excellent recommendations. Now moving on to chakra balancing and supportive foods. And they are, well, orange. Like, um, well, oranges. <laughs> There's also mangoes, pumpkins, papayas, carrots, sweet potatoes, like those garnet yams, not the creamy, yellow, creamy colored ones, but the orange sweet potatoes and cantaloupes. You can also include nuts, milk, bread and butter, honey, pasta, and chocolate. Chocolate. Oh, cool. I bet my sacral chakra is so balanced because of all the chocolate I eat. <laughs> cool. Okay, <laughs> here's another loom. You know, nuts are seeds from which other plants grow. And milk comes, is, it's supposed to, it comes from the mother and it's a nurturing thing. And so the products that come from milk, I wonder if yogurt counts too. And so I wonder if that's all part of it. I don't know. Okay, and then honey, I, it's always a pleasure of honey. It's a lovely color, and think Winnie the Pooh. Uh, pasta? I don't know where they get pasta. I don't know about pasta. Okay, so now we move on to the stones. You can use stones in a variety of ways. You can carry them, wear them as jewelry, meditate with them, you know, place the stone on the chakra as you meditate. You can set up an altar or a sacred space with that chakra intent or focus. So you can apply this to any in any intention you want to be reminded of, to stay focused on. Hmm. 
there's a lot of squirrels in this this podcast, but altars, I mean, that's a topic worth exploring too. But for ease here, and so that I don't go spinning out of control here, an altar is a physical presence that you set up in your space to remind you of an intention you wish to focus on. So for the sacral chakra, you would put orange things on it. You know, any of the stuff I've talked about today, an orange candle, an orange flower, a piece of fabric, your affirmations, or any of the stones I'm about to talk about. And your altar can be as elaborate or as totally under the radar as you need it to be. And it can be anywhere in between. Okay, back on target. Now, we're going to talk about stones. Sacral chakra support stones. They, yes, of course, default to the orange ones, such as carnelian. Carnelian does range in color from red to orange, but it's a gentle balancing stone. It encourages creativity, leadership, motivation, and confidence. Amber is a protection stone. It's fossilized tree sap. So while it's not technically a stone in a crystalline sense, it still has stored ancient energy from the earth and sun, and it's great for clearing and balancing. And it is very good at absorbing negativity and transmuting it into positive. I have an amber ring. It's very cool, and it's got a little bug in the corner of it. That's, I think, why I bought it before I figured out what it was good for. <laughs> okay. Um, citrine is connected to St. Michael, the angel. Any stone, any stone associated with the sun is connected to Michael. So a lot of the stones on this list has that angelic frequency. Um, I have a piece of what I thought was citrine, but I found out later that this clear, bright color as the earmark of a heat-treated of a heat-treated amethyst. True citrine is pale yellow in color. It's still orangey yellow, but still there. It awakens one's creative imagination, connects the lower chakras, so the root, sacral, and solar plexus, to activate the flow of divine solar light. It encourages motivation, will, and manifestation. Next up is Tiger's Eye. That's another stone that comes in different colors. I've got one in red and blue, and then that cool gold-brown layered look. They all have that layered look to it. Again, it's another stabilizing and grounding stone. Like amber, it holds earth and sun energy. Um, and so that's where you, earth is grounding, sun is energy. Yeah. It helps you release what doesn't serve you. So if you have some emotions to release, habits... Tiger's Eye is your, is your stone to help you face yourself. It gives you that courage to take on those things and that cat-like agility to move through your life to achieve your higher goals. Next up is Orange Calcite. Man, I love this stone too. Um, I have an orb, a sphere that is Orange Calcite, and we called him Oscar. He's usually the centerpiece of my crystal grid that I set up at in-person events, and he sits there like the sun in his own solar system, radiating his love energy. And sometimes it's gentle, and sometimes it can be a little more assertive. But it reminds us to see into our inner selves, to pull out that joy and the resources you didn't think you had, 
in order to move forward. It encourages you to see your truth and the truth around you. That orange sun sunniness, it shines a light on things. Okay, next up is tangerine quartz. And as a member of the quartz family, it's, a gen, it's an energy amplifier. It has a playful energy to it. And that encourages, oh gee, these stones are all so encouraging. But it does help you with self-awareness and understanding and creativity. It clears blockages and old thought patterns, allowing you the freedom to move forward. It's a balancing stone, and it helps you balance between giving and receiving. That's one of the indicators of an out-of-balance chakra, sacral chakra, is that it's too much or not enough. Next up, goldstone. Goldstone is, also, is a man-made item. Um, it's a fusion of glass and copper. Its history is not clear, so we don't know if it was created by medieval monks or if it was developed by a family of Italian glassmakers. It's still very calming and stabilizing. The copper is a conductive conductor. It's, it is conductive and it is a conductor. So it moves energies along quite smoothly. It helps you pick up when you're feeling less than enthusiastic. It, it's a nice picker-upper. It helps you to achieve your life purpose. Next up is sunstone, and it's a sun. It's a stone to help with self-confidence. It's a very joyous stone. I mean, think how you feel being in the sun after a long, dreary day or week or month. You can be uplifted by sunstone's energy. There's increased confidence that leads to a more enjoyment in your life. And that's what the sacral chakra is all about. And finally, aragonite. It's a fascinating cluster of crystals. Now, it's usually associated with the root chakra, but its color can connect it to the sacral chakra. It's another emotion stabilizer, and it also helps you to release and clear anger and negativity. Uh, it helps you to release stress and frustration caused by everyday life. Another grounding and balancing stone it helps you take care of yourself. So many things you can do to open and balance your sacral chakra. And so many benefits are derived from caring, from caring for yourself and regaining joy in life. So while researching and writing the script, I was thinking, if the sacral chakra is the seat of creativity and you are the builder of your reality, are they connected somehow? And after looking at this information, absolutely. As you open and balance your chakra, or chakras, you are building a reality in which you are in divine alignment. <laughs> cool. Again, this is not an exhaustive list by any means. I have since found articles on feng shui for chakras. And that's a whole other rabbit hole I can fall down into later. <laughs> Okay, so if anything resonates with you in this podcast, excellent. I, I encourage you, that word's coming up a lot, I encourage you to use what works for you. Monday's meditation will take us to exploring our sacral chakra, finding out what it needs, and adding that capacity for more joy in our lives. So until next time, blessings. <laughs>